Essendon Football Club. Yep. It's been 16, it looks like it'll be 17 years since they won a final. Yes, they have time. injuries. Mm. They're looking like finishing bottom four. Where are they at? What do you say to the Essendon yep. supporters? Ross Lyons said it on Sunday. They're at ground zero. Bargain Bay, they're at the bottom of the rebuilding uh, mountain. And having a look at their fixture, I reckon they'll be zero and nine. Zero and nine. So he- heading knock, into knock. Head, yeah, oh, oh and nine. Uh, zero and nine heading into that round ten clash against Essendon North will Melbourne. Be zero and nine. I reckon. No I mean, way. Their, ne- their next three. Do they um, get to play North Melbourne in that? That's what I just said, mate. They face they'd be zero and nine going into that <laughs> North Melbourne game. I mean, they've lost half their midfield with Caldwell Draper and Dylan Shield going down. We're gonna see more kids. I think they were already the youngest team at the weekend. So. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast 2021 Finals Edition. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, good to be back. Uh, we had major technology issues in this show. Zoom just decided to not work. Like yeah. It just it wouldn't work. So we've got a different bit of different sounding kind of a vibe today. So please excuse that. We're on Microsoft Teams. It was the, yep. it was the emergency backup, but um, <laughs> uh, it is a bit different from Grant not being here in the studio. So, but what a, a magical weekend! And nearly everything that oh. went right went right. No injuries. Nice. Thirty-eight point win over the Arch Enemy. Eleven wins. Eleven losses. One hundred nine percent. Uh, and we go rampaging into the final series. Uh, and that's the biggie for me. The, yeah. the the running into the finals for us is just, it's incredible. The fact that we beat the filth themselves that in the Collingwood Footy Club, um, I, I, I tell you what, there are a few things in this COVID lockdown crapola that just truly make me smile. And I want to personally thank the Essendon Footy Club for just like just beating the beating that rabble that is Collingwood, um, and making me smile when I don't really want to smile at the moment because we're we are up seriously up and about now as a footy club. Um, have we climbed the mountain completely? No, but we are about as up and about as we can be. We've got players to come back with incredible selection issues that we're going to have to face. But one thing for sure is that the dogs will know that they're in for a game of footy in Tassie. And and, and in Tassie, all, all bets are off with home ground advantage and stuff. All, yeah. ga- all bets are off. So I just love the fact, and I've said it on the pod before, that I don't know if I'm – I just don't want to limp into the finals and then just get pounded and, and get chucked straight back out. Um, but we couldn't be entering this final series any stronger and with better form. So – now that we're in, 
now that it's all up and up and up and about and we're in the final series, now I want to win a grand final. Like if we're gonna do it, now let's do it properly. <laughs> now let's uh, well it's a whole new competition, isn't it? It's just Absolutely the, it is now. The competition's eight teams with four weeks uh competition. Uh we're one of those teams. We play in a neutral ground, if not more one sided Essendon crowd ground. Absolutely. Um down in Tas Launceston, so and it's already sold out. So you know the Essendon faithful have joined up big time, and, and look, yeah, we're we're in really good form, and and we've got a a bunch of guys that know exactly what their role is. No one's showboating. No one's everyone's just doing their role, and it is beating teams quite comfortably, to be honest. Uh, and it is happy days at the Essendon Football Club. It's it's no right. we. I think from 2001 onwards, most times we've made the finals, it felt like we either had injuries, we just fell in, uh, and and it was kind of like we got stepped aside quite easily in the first game. Uh, This feels completely different. Uh, This feels like a team on the rise, a team without fear, uh, and a team playing very, very good football. And, uh, you know, it's the Bulldogs – We'll, we'll ha- no doubt in my mind will be slightly concerned. Uh, oh, Scott, it's what's passed slightly, man. They've lost what their last two games, three games, or three, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they lost the last three. Last three in a row, right? They've limped over the line into the finals. They've got Alex Keith back fine, but they've lost their one of their main goal kickers in Josh Bruce. Um, they've got to chuck the big um, head on a stick in um, English, the English. kitty. They've got to chuck him down in the forward line, which exposes them in the middle. Um, there and the, the the much lauded that I keep being told the much lauded midfield for the for the dogs is definitely showing some uh, some signs of being very vulnerable. So are, it, yeah. if, if we for the last two games, especially like GC and now Collingwood, we've gone out there and we've Scotty's called it straight after the game. He called that was a Australian Football League professional performance. They are professional AFL footballers. They went out there against Collingwood. They beat them like they should, and they got out. They got out. They went home. They had showers. They they ate well. They did what they have to do. They just were professional. And if we do that same, if we turn up like that again this week, like ruthlessly professional, I I seriously think we can win. I really do. Yeah, oh, so do I. I I I think. It's- it is crazy for me to say this, but I think it's a 50-50 game. And it's to say even 10 weeks ago, I would say you're going to play the Western Bulldogs in a final. One, I would say what? Uh, but two, I would say, well, that's 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 unfortunate because the Bulldogs tail us up normally. But yeah. we're a completely different team. Like we're just a, we're very reliable. Uh, we're consistent. We've won eight, I think we're eight and one or nine and one against the teams we're favoured against. Uh, we've obviously, you know, as they, everyone knows, lost seven with 16 points and under. So a lot of those top eight teams have been a, a, definitely around uh, around the mark. Uh, and as the year has gone on, we're starting to beat them. Uh, so, you know, it, it, we're, I, I don't see that we're different in form to most other teams in the top eight right now. Like, we're very hard to beat. We have an absolute gun in, in Jake Stringer who can turn a match. And uh, midfield is is humming like a, a nice little purry kitten. And then the one thing that I, I wanted to add to that too, and I think one of the reasons why we're 
more than half a chance, mate. I reckon it's more than 50-50. I reckon it's 60-40, just quietly. Because you look at the stats for this game, and sure, you've got Zeret and um, and Parrish is up there with 20-odd and as per normal. But in this game, we had Tommy Cutler as the second-highest possession getter, and then Jakey Stringer with 24 as well, which means he's got 24 possessions to, to make good decisions and be dangerous. Then Dev pops up, which out of the blue, well done, Dev. But the two that I want to highlight are Nick Hind and Dyson Heppel. Mm. 24 and, uh, and no, 23 and 22 possessions each off the back line. So you've got Tommy Cutler as the second highest possession getter off the back line. And you've got those two guys, Hind and Heppel, controlling down back as to what happens. When you've only got Merritt and Parrish, and then you drop off to your other midfielders in the low 20s, that's when we don't win games of footy. But when we've got that spread, and if Langford was in there, he'd be up in that around that high 20 mark as well. When we have those guys contributing from the back line really well, and it's not just left up to, to Parrish and Merritt, that's when we're really, really dangerous. Now, I, I think we all know what Laverde's done for this club and for his career. Um, Nick Hind has been there for 10 years, it looks like. Dyson Heppel's a gun. Ridley is just the first player picked. Jimmy Stew is just, he's doing what he needs to do, man. It's his first year, he's kicking butt. Um, and then I think Andy McGrath spent a bit of time down there, and that's not a bad thing. I just think our our, our back line at the moment is really the, the cream for us. We've got a forward line that's functioning because Scotty was saying it after the game as well, man. He's never seen us lower our eyes as much as we have over the last like half a dozen weeks. It's been such an incredible thing to see players that get the ball at 60 metres because it's like a broken play instead of just pounding it down and hoping Peter Wright can take a mark. They're stopping for that briefest of seconds and spotting Dev Smith running back towards the goal and hitting him and hitting Peter Wright and all this stuff. So I think the the shields of the world, is he's got his 20s, Parrish has got his 20, McGrath's got his 20. Well, half the, the team have got 20 or more. I counted half and the that's, team. That's the thing, man. That's the difference. And when that when that half is the really important guys like Rids and and Heppel and Redmond. Heidi and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Redmond, yeah, you can't, mate. You can't forget that man. Um, it's just that's the part that really gets me. I love that the players kicking the goal and Jake Stringer is just he is the most important footballer at that club on the on his day. He's the most important football player, almost in the AFL. Um, but yeah, those twenty possessions from half the side are just worth their weight in gold. And what what I'm finding um, when I used what I used to really love about the Richmond Football Club is I actually thought their list was was very very good, but their bottom six were were okay, but they were performed well above you know the, where they kind of I guess the AFL rated them. We're having that transition into that Richmond kind of feel where the, mm. the, the Guelphies, the Cutlers, the Clarks, you know, our bottom six, and, and that's not to be disparaging, just they've been in and out of the side. So that's why I'm saying bottom six. But we're getting key performances out of these guys. Like they're, it's not just the Laverdes and the Parish who are playing above themselves. We've now got, it feels like we've got 22 guys who are all contributing, all playing above themselves. Will Snelling, yeah, like yeah. Will Snelling, man. He's, when he went out, we've, I, said, I think we've said this before, I, I, when Scotty was telling me Will Snell's about to come back, 
Um, oh, man, he's such a hugely important player for us. Now I know he puts some pressure on in the forward line, and I know he tackles well, and that's all good stuff. But, man, I've been watching him over the last three or four weeks, and, and he's he's only got 14 possessions, right? 14 possessions and a goal, but 92% accuracy. He, I mean, how many tackles did he get? Six tackles, and it's... It's perceived pressure, too. He just It's perceived pressure as well, man. Like, he's him and... Like Dylan Clark, he, look, 15 from Dylan is, I mean, he's probably a midfielder, but we're playing him in that forward line for some pressure as well. Um, and 15 possessions from him is not too bad. He looks like he's making good decisions. Jimmy Stewart's making 15 at 80 in a back line. So the 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 players, like you said, the Cutlers and the Guelphies and that sort of stuff are just stepping up to a new level, especially Matt Guelphie. I'm a, like a, this season... He deserved more than a one year, to be quite honest. I reckon he deserved a two year for that performance. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the part that I think really is going to affect the dogs. We've yeah. got contributors all over the ground, and, and you know the inside. I looked at the inside fifty tackles just because it felt like our our high small forwards were really pressuring them, and and we were. It was fourteen to four. Uh, you know, as far as inside fifty tackles. And Collingwood were were finding it hard to get clean ball out of our forward line, and that's when the barometer for Essendon is really evident. When that pressure is up, uh, then that's when the turnover count starts. We score fifty points more off turnovers than the other team. Uh, so, I want to just talk about a subject on the back of that. Uh, and, and I might do it after the break, actually, because I, I, I want to talk about selection. There's been a lot of thoughts about selection this week, and there's a lot of good plays in and out. And I, I before we as we go into sort of talking about other plays, I just, after the break, want to talk about selection and just get your thoughts, um, yeah, just on who may come in and who may come out and why I think you limit it to maybe even just one person. Okay. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Some new tunes there, I'm feeling. <laughs> I always and like to surprise you with new tunes. What am I talking? What am I listening to? Like Portishead or something? No, uh, Angels We Airwaves, which is a little side project from one of the Blink-182 guys. So there you go. Nice. Of course it is. Yeah. Nice little fresh tunes there for lunchtime. <laughs> I've got a few. Um, I've got a, I've got another one coming too. So, and I'll, I'll see if you get this tip. I'll, I'll go, I wonder if Grant will pick this up. I reckon he should, but I'll, I'll, in the next ad break, I'll see if you pick it up. All right, cool. All right. Is it Weird Al Yankovic? It is, no, isn't it? No, no, no. It's not? Okay, good. Um. So, now yes, then. selection. So, yeah, talk to me about selections. So, today, I'll be very honest, but I can't say the person's name. I talked to a past player of Essendon today. Uh, sorry, you didn't know this either. Um, okay. And we talked about selection and we talked about finals. And he had a very interesting take. Uh, so, he's a very – and this guy's a very sharp – 
person. I'll just say that. Um, what are we talking? Eighties, nineties, or two thousand? Uh I can't say because it'd be too obvious. But I, okay, I, I, all right, all right, cool. All um, right. so his view was that you don't you probably have a maximum of one change, and he felt like if it's one change and Langford is right, then he would have Langford in. Uh, he goes other than that's that, that's a massive call with uh, Wallace sitting there. Yeah, I, I asked him about that, and he just and he had a firm view, and he said, "Look, this is just from experience. If you have too many, un, there's and it's two parts. One, he's saying don't send in two or more underdone players, you know, who are, who have been out, um, who are or you know have had questions about their fitness. Yep. Uh, but he's two. He said what." Some he goes what sometimes and he was talking to me he goes what sometimes fans make a mistake on is seeing a high profile name that's available, but but not understanding that the players you've got in and the role that the current coach has got them playing can actually be more beneficial than someone that's actually a better player. He said so. He said he said that the team at the moment. Is humming like he said. He said, "I'm looking oh. at, I'm looking at it." He goes, and I can see the roles everyone is playing. I can see what they're there for to either pressure the high half forwards are, are smashing the pressure. And he said, and he goes, "You can't." His his view was, "You can't dramatically in, suddenly interrupt that." It ain't broke, so don't fix it. Yeah, and he said, he said, so his view was, I wouldn't make too many changes. This team is humming. He said Langford clearly, if he's fine, like if they give him the full, he said he's played 17 games or 16 or 17 games, so he's match hardened. He knows the system. Yep. Um, so I, because I mentioned him about Coldwell, and and they, he said, and he said, look, they just haven't done the journey of understanding, no, no, the, understanding yeah. the system. Coldwell, no. Yeah, understanding the system over the year. Yeah, he goes next year. You'll know that they, they're probably a better play than some of these guys, and you'll come in. But right as we're going into elimination final, you you twenty one of your probably twenty two are just humming like they they know their role. They're so in sync. He goes, "What I saw against Collingwood was a very in sync team." He said they, they knew where to handball. They knew yeah. where to move. He goes, and that's so hard to defend as an opposition when when a team is operating that way. So he said, "Take that into a final because that will be so much more harder to beat." They may be just dropping in a few bigger names who yeah. may be underdone. And I must admit, I was like, that actually makes perfect sense. And obviously you're you're the experienced one. So um All right. So because I don't know the name of that um that uh former player, former Essendon player, I assume. Yes? Yes, yes. Yes. Um and a very, you know, I, I've texted you now. I've I've sneakily texted you the person now. So a very smart, astute okay, person. All right. So I now know the name of the guy, and I was about to say something silly. <laughs> but how about I go for the opposite uh, argument there and say, pish posh. You put the best player in the side because he's the best player. Now then. Now then. Then now. Now then. Then now. Now then. Another Blackadder reference. We do a lot of Blackadder reference. Now then. Now then. Then now. Now then. If. Langford comes back in the side, yep. he will make the Essendon Footy Club a better team. Yes. Yeah? Cool. The and bless um if he's listening, 
uh, Dylan Clark, mate, I love you. I love the fact that you've been given another opportunity and have taken it with both hands. Now then, if it's between you and Langers, Dylan Clark goes out, right? I asked that question and he said, well, but he... he well, just... hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let's just let me make, make, finish my argument, right? Yeah. So let's just assume, because I'm taking the opposite to, um, I read the name again and I'm very, <laughs> I'm about to argue with a dude that seriously knows what he's talking about. Anyway, um, so <laughs> Dylan Clark comes out, Langford comes in. That's a better Essendon football club, right? Slightly. That, that's, a, that's a more talented name. More talented, right? Cool. Yes. So then you've got, apart from needing a rest and a bit of a break mentally, you had an almost all-Australian small forward who on his day can tear a team apart and will require one of your best small defenders to play on him in AMT, sitting there doing nothing, and you don't put, like, he is more talented than two people I can think of, right, to be in that side. Why would he not come in for, I don't want to say, but why, why would he not come in for somebody? Well, why would you not pick It would Waller? have to be for Guelphie. For Guelphie, right? Why would you not pick Waller? Okay, so I know you're doing the devil's advocate. Uh, so... Yeah. Uh, he would say, and I, I, I actually, I'll, I'll talk to me. This is why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, ha you have to assess everything, and so yes, one of them may be a change, but you have to assess everything. You're playing the Western Bulldogs. The last time you played the Western Bulldogs, Dylan Clark around the ground went with Libertore. Liber had one clearance. Their engine was shut down. Our midfield got on top. We won the game. So there's, huh? there's what I mean by there's a role that may be greater than the player profile he said so okay. as a team engine you might be better off with having certain matchups because all right all right uh, all right all right and but then his other point would be in the last month because there's obviously <clears throat> I, I mentioned about hooker as well he said well let's have a look at the last month 102 points yeah. 97 98 and then 102 so okay so you basically averaged 100 points every game for a month, which will win you in today's AFL 3-1 at best. Yep. Uh, so you actually, we lost two of those games, so I shouldn't give that example, but we've got to yes. defend better. But it should most times win you nearly every game. So he said, so scoring is not an issue right now. So if anyone wants to tell me we should bring in this guy because he's a threat as a scoring. Tall, tall marking forwards are not our problem. No. So... And, but what has increased is our defensive pressure with Devin Smith and Guelphie and Dylan Clark, and that's causing turnovers and we're scoring heavier. He says, so it's not as simple an argument as this guy's more talented. He says, what's the whole makeup of the side doing uh, okay. that's, that's making you operate better as a football club? All right, uh, that is very clear. And again, because of the name that I just I've, I've now read, it makes perfectly perfect sense as to why it's perfectly clear. However, right? So okay, so not not Guelphy because uh, if I was Matt Guelphy, I'd be ripped off because I'm not sure what else that kid can do to maintain his spot on the side. He's done everything he humanly asked to do. Back forward, I would, pressure. Can I give you the name? I would say that I may be tempted on. 
let's say it in um in after three. Ready? Three, two, one. Perkins. Sam Dern. <laughs> okay. All right, Durham. Okay. Durham. But yeah. You can't play. But like, I want to bring Waller in. I'm talking about Waller, right? Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm talking. Yeah. Okay. I'm probably having the Langford on the wing because Durham's playing kind of that wing role. So I'm. Um, True. Yeah. Yeah. And you go um, for pure wing on wing. I know. But which- when you when you say that Dylan Clark did a job on Liberatore and Liberatore is the leading um, uh, clearance, clearance player. player in the AFL, almost I think he's behind Parish now. Um, but he's the he's an incredible clearance guy, and he did a job on him. Then, yeah, I want Clark in the side, but it's something a bit along the lines of Perko, who he's been okay. Perkins, he's been okay, but he's not really setting the world on fire like really, really owning his position. And I just think that Waller is more likely at the moment now that he's had a bit of a rest and, and like, man, if anybody's, if anybody deserves a rest, it was Waller after 8 million games in a row. Um, now that he's back and he's potentially up and about a bit more and a bit more mentally with it, it's your first year rookie. If he's fit, um, like for me, if he's fit, if he if he's fully fit, but he didn't he didn't he didn't go because he had a hammy. He went because he needed a rest, right? Like just a mental rest. He had a mental rest, yes, but there's no doubt the club had said. By the way, we've had to we've also put him on a fitness program. I'm just being honest, like it's just we've had to. Well, put, uh, and sure, know. but like it's we've we've been down this path uh, with. Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. We're not going to start playing around with no. I, and it's, again. it's not labeling but, anything. It's just saying that's what the club said. That's not us. True, but I, I the blokes played 140 games in a row or something silly, right? Like he's this is a game for like a big game for a big player, and at the moment, Waller's a bigger player than than Perko is, right? And it's his first season, and you're a rookie, and Waller's not a rookie, and we need the Ferraris on the track when in the final race. That's what I'm trying to say. You don't, yeah, I'm, ju- I'm just saying it's a risk. It, it, it's a, he, he has to, I mean, I'm only just, actually, I'm just going to say what truck said. They're going to choose during the week to see where his mind and body is at. They, that's that. And they're going to make a call on it. Uh, and of that's, course, I don't yeah. know. And you don't know where, where Wallace heads. If he's selected, the night, right? then I, then I think there's a vote of confidence. He yeah. played, he played five weeks straight of pretty much five possessions or more and no impact. So there yeah. is a risk because if his mind's not right, uh, then you kind of – you could play with one down. Yeah, uh, that's true. And that's tell you risk. what, how big of a decision is it for the club? Yeah, it's a – it's a, and, and that's where you go. I, I can't even comment from afar because it's they've got the intel, not me. But if, if we would – again, if you were to play that devil's advocate piece, if Waller comes to him and says, I'm good, Right. Um, if, if they believe he's a hundred percent mind body, then yeah. then yeah, I think he would be heavily considered. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Uh, and then does Cox remain? I wanted to get your opinion on two on Cox as the sub. I know they probably do it because he can play anywhere on the field, but I. Yeah, this well, a guy, he didn't play the week before as well, so he's two weeks without yeah. competitive footy, so he's. He, he's a little bit out of the groove all of a sudden. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you do you keep Perko in 
bring in Langers because I, I, I want Langers in that side. I'm not. I, I'll have the the awkward conversation with the player that we're going to drop, but <laughs> Langford comes into that side. Um, do you make? Do you keep Perkins in the side and make Waller the sub? Uh, For a bit of ridiculous energy, if somebody goes down, like imagine. I mean, yeah, I. You know, if Waller doesn't play, I think it would be smart to make him sub. Yeah, he'd yeah. be a perfect forty-minute player. Like, talk, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, talk about the the thirty-five to forty-five minutes of extreme speed he will bring to that game. <laughs> even if you ran him through the mid, yeah, you could you could obviously use him a lot more in in the running capacity. Uh, so yeah, I, I I think that would be a smart call. Uh, to to be yeah, honest, of course. So yeah, it's a, um, <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> look. Selection's going to be talked about all week. Uh, Isn't it going to be massive? And then call like any chance Caldwell, any chance. No, no. I, I think I, I personally felt like truck as close to shut it down as possible. Uh, they asked him in the post presser and he kind of said, yeah, uh, he has missed 19 weeks. So that 19, makes that, damn. that. And it's 20 weeks now, actually it's 19 games, yeah. but 20 weeks. So he's now missed 20 senior games of footy. Uh, and you could tell in his body language, he was like, that makes it tough. Uh, and you, it was like, I was like, okay, he's not playing. I'm surprised he didn't blow up. Like Coldwell didn't just, after two and a half quarters, just be completely He played the whole game. Out. He played the whole, in, the whole scratch match. Probably because he's 23 years old and ridiculously fit. But he's 20, it's too, that would is. Would you believe he turned 21 this week? Twenty one, man. Come on. He's still got a career. Um, he's still got a long career, man. Oh man, he's got what, ten, twelve in him. Um yeah, you're right. Twenty twenty weeks is just that, I mean Yeah, Dylan's, that's really underdone because we've seen McGrath's first week and we've seen Shields first week. You know, yeah. no impact. Like very little impact. And so he, why play him in an elimination final? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like unless you're Gary Ablett, you everybody with the first week that you come back, you're not going to get the speed level from four. from a scratch match at Windy Hill to a f- elimination final. He would be yeah, overwhelmed. He'll be overwhelmed. Uh, I just don't see any sense in bringing him in. I I, I feel like you bring in match hardened players uh, that have played most of the year at best, uh, which is Waller and Langford. I see the, them as the, really the only two. Hooker is an outside chance. If that what, however they see the the Francis role playing, Hooker out. would be tempting. Oh, Hooker yeah. would be tempting. They're small down back. He's tempting. Yeah, but Jeez, so, man, you'd like I to had have a, like eight people on the bench, wouldn't you? I had a debate today today about the Hooker and Francis because someone said I would definitely remove Francis from the side uh, uh, and, and have Hooker in, and I said, but okay, Hooker's gone out. And we've scored our biggest average scoring for a month this year, yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. so what's what's happening? Because obviously Francis only kicked three goals in that month, so it's not like he's taken over. Uh, yeah. But what has happened is Francis has spreaded the forward line a lot more. He's all over the. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. He's, yeah. he, he's he. It's his te- It's his the guy. It's his defender that's running all over the shop around the wing around that. That Francis is taking him on a merry merry ride. And Peter Wright's got room to Peter, move. Peter Wright's one on one, and yeah. that's the difference. Like where we were complaining all year about Hooksy and Wright getting in each other's way sometimes. We saw it v Melbourne because they just aren't mobile. The Francis at least is making the mobility of the forward line so much better with with Waterman and you got Dev Smith and and we've got this creative moving 
forward line and we're getting like like I like I said to you like I've never seen so many short passes and, and sharing That's the ball incredible. around the forward line you know so we're much more unpredictable with the setup at the moment Francis yeah. if he's out of position is bringing the ball to ground uh, yep. because he's still so mobile to get leap up to a contest to even tap yeah. it to the ground uh, so I kind of like that setup uh, and I know he's not a well beater but I think as a system, it's all working. Like it's working quite well, and especially uh, the forward line. If especially it ain't broke, the forward yeah. line, like, if we're if we're scoring, if we're scoring a hundred for the last four weeks, I don't see why you mess with that formula. Like, uh, I, if we score a hundred against the dogs, I don't think they've got enough to to outscore us because I, I, Josh Bruce. I agree. Jo- Josh Bruce injury is massive to them. Like it. Oh, it's huge. There's no doubt. It in my messes mind. with their system big time. He should have kicked five against us. He kicked three, two, but two were yeah. like 15 yards out, right? And he missed sitters. But he should have kicked five against us. And that was our only real threat um, from our for our defenders. And I don't see, you know, and the, besides that, now, they're not, yeah. I don't see well, them as a scoring got, option. Well, we'll get into some, we'll get into sort of a bit of chat about some players um, in a minute. But, mate, I reckon we go for a quick break so I can get some more uh, funky tunes. Um, and then I just want to have a quick chat about mobile, tall, big men in the Essendon uh, back line and uh, how we uh, potentially have a bit of a trouble with them. So lay it on me, DJ Scotty. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, I know who that is. That is a bit of 1990s Grant and Scotty history right there. That is the fleet of fingered Mr. Joe Satriani. Got to love him. Got to love him. Got to uh, love Joe Satriani. If you, weren't, now, if you weren't born with Surfing with the Alien, then you've missed out on a, on a classic what, what, album. What have you music. been doing with your life if you haven't listened to Without You, Without Me? <laughs> From it's the song that'll play at my funeral. It's just it's it's outstanding. Anywho, um, we should do a music podcast. Um, now then, the one issue that I have, right, that enormous heed on a stick, and if you anybody can get on the Facebook page and tell me which movie I got the word heed from, uh, I'll be very impressed. Uh, the heed on a stick that is uh, in English. English. Yep. He got towed up uh, by Draper, yes. Who got towed up by Draper in the ruck um, because he's a heed on a stick. Um, when the last time we played truly tall forwards, right, and a couple of them was our friends over there in Port Adelaide. Now, they chucked a ruckman down there, their backup ruckman, and this other big tall Georgiatis dude or whatever his name is. And we struggled against tall forwards, like really properly tall forwards. Yep. Jimmy Stew was not getting up in the air high enough and he was fouling them because he knew he was beat and yep. he was dragging arms down and stuff like that. How would you go about beating Tim English? Yeah, it's interesting because they, they obviously they played 
uh, English a little bit forward to try and get some scores. And they they obviously didn't really rate Lysette from Port's mobility and that. Yeah. And they had, you know, Bont sometimes in the ruck and that. Lysette is not Sam Draper. If, you know, if Bont, if, if any tall forward or midfield wants to play against Scott, Sam Draper, uh, we, we win the game. And so they've got the, so what their issue is at the moment is they've got an underdone Stephen Martin coming back from injury. And that's the call they're going to have to make. So they've got to risk call oh, themselves. Okay, so they could bring his old self so in, could S- they? Stephen Martin's been injured for, for quite a bit. He played a scratch match on the weekend, played 90 minutes. Uh, now, meant to have played okay. Now, uh, Beveridge kind of alluded that he, in his mind, he was on the outer. That he said he thought he still might be underdone. Uh, though he would love to play him. Uh, but that was after the game, but he played the scratch match t- two days later after that game and played quite well. So it's a little bit of a, we'll see, you know, see if he yeah, changed yeah, his I, mind. I reckon he comes in. I reckon he comes in. So either way, I'm okay with it um, because if Stephen Martin is underdone and they take that risk, Sam Draper could really go to town. Uh, yeah. But it didn't sound like Beveridge wanted to risk a final with an underdone play to me. So, but they, you know, they probably they probably needed two more weeks of the season to get Stephen Martin up to ready yeah, to play. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it's a big hindrance because they know Sam Draper is flying all over the place, and they don't have a second option. So English is going to have to try and play at least a lot of ruck minutes. Uh, but then the other part is Sam Draper towed him up when he did. So. Uh, yeah, they've they've got some planning to do. It'll be interesting to see how, what their strategy will be. Uh, uh, I bet you <coughs> really I limited bet, options. Yeah, I bet you. Um, I, w- I wonder whether or not they don't put Libba right in underneath again because would that be too obvious, or is you just don't play Libba anywhere else? You just chuck him that's, underneath. That's all he can do. Let him do what he does. <laughs> that's, a, that's his skill, and that's yeah. he doesn't actually have much other external skills, you know, around the ground. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a, look, uh, he'll be, you know, I don't think he'll play as bad as what he's did against us. Like one clearance is very is bizarre. Incredibly unusual. Uh, and he'll, he'll remember that too. So he'll be a little bit fired up. Um, and we've got to remember that the dogs, you know, will be coming pretty hot and heavy with us. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to first quarter um, sort of take in the atmosphere Take in the pressure because we're not they they've lived they've played finals a lot of these guys yeah. and some of this midfield groups played in the grand final and won so whereas our midfield group aren't finals <laughs> you would say but the only thing I've got got going for us is that we're a little bit of take it take on mentality at the moment we're not really playing with fear or uh, we have a very much uh, we'll you know, we'll turn up to the game. We think we can win and that's how we approach it. So I think I love, and I'm loving that from the likes of um, Heps whenever he's interviewed, he sort of, he has that, the boys are just, they don't care who's on in the opposition, right? They get told by the, the assistant coaches what their role needs to be. Yeah. And Dylan, you're playing on Libba. Um, we're coming up against Bond who can fed income go as a footballer. That boy can go. Um, and but I don't reckon they go. Oh man, we've got to worry about Bont. We've got to worry about Bont. I reckon Dylan Shields in there going, mate. You better catch me. And Merritt's going for the ball, and 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 Parrish is going for the ball. I think the the fearlessness that I see in the players when they're 
on the ground when they're having those little ruck midfield discussions. Jakey Stringer's vocal. Merritt's talking to him. Sammy's nodding his head a lot. And do you know what? As an added bonus, Andrew McGrath looked really good. And he looked good, mate. He <laughs> his, looked good. His handballing was slick as all get out. I mean, he was yep. he was elite handballing uh, in this game. And and so he'll play, He you know, his third game, he'll be probably Andy McGrath. Uh, and yep. you got Andy McGrath. you got Dylan Shield with his fifth game. Uh, you got Parrish, Merritt. You know, if Langford comes Stringer. in, I don't know. <laughs> that's kind of the the best we can we can present. Almost. Oh, that's um, apart from Caldwell coming in, mate. That's that's as good as we get, pretty much. And I mean, you'd like to have half a dozen games into Andy McGrath, but I'll take two. Oh, well, yeah. I I was a little bit surprised how well he was looking. Like he was how sharp he was. Yeah. I, I noticed in the last quarter he was he was puffing a bit. That's understandable considering yes. the time out. But match fit. Yeah. What I saw in the first three quarters was very Andy McGrath-like. And his defensive pressure, he he gets up in your face, he tackles hard, uh, and that's that just adds to that another layer to the midfield. And, yeah, it's it's bring it Can on. Can I see him play a little bit down back? Yeah, I, I thought the same thing too. I, I felt like he – it felt to me he had instructions to kind of play wing but rotate a little bit down half back to yeah. just help out. And – and, you know, it was an interesting one because there's a, a really interesting matchup in this game uh, because a guy called Waitman pl- for the Bulldogs didn't – Yeah, the high-flying sort he's of, kind of their, He's kind of their Papley. No, he's like the small, dangerous yeah. forward. But he's their Papley, had a terrific year. Like he's played – he's obviously had his breakout year. It's a player that we don't normally know how to stop. Like that quick, clever, small forward – It'll be interesting to see what the matchup there is because they tried the Ridley and Papley and it didn't really come off. And we we didn't, and then they tried the Redmond and it just didn't didn't feel like the speed we just had that to match. Even though they're very good players, McGrath at least gives the team some options. You know, if our midfield's on top and Merritt and Parrish and and we're, and Stringer's well on top, they have that kind of option to say, well, can we bring McGrath a little bit around in the defense? Yeah. And, and stick on a Waitman and, and rebound off Waitman a bit. Um, and that, that so that Andy McGrath is a really good flexible in for us right now. Yeah. Um, breaking news, Scotty. Some breaking news. Go for it. According to, thank you very much to Jessica May from the Facebook page, the All-Australian 40-man squad has been released Ooh. and Essendon have three representatives in the team. Guess. Oh, well, I'm assuming Merritt, Parrish and Stringer. Yep. Now, can you believe that Ridley doesn't get into the extended squad? I probably can, to be honest. Why? Because he does something perfect. He just he's perfect every week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's had a very solid year. Um, but, I mean, I'm assuming Stuart from Geelong's there. I'm assuming. I don't know. Um, haven't got the full squad. Haven't got the full squad. Um, <laughs> it sounds like I'm probably taking him for granted a bit, but. I must admit, yeah, it I, does actually. But uh, I felt like there's been some amazing centre half backs this year. Like, uh, I'm sorry, uh, you, Jordan Ridley. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I would. Ha- I have to think about. I know it. You caught you, me I on the head. But, like, but the, man, the extended squad. What's this kid got to do? That's two full seasons of dominating down back. He was in the extended squad last year, though, wasn't he? 
Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fine. I'm pretty sure he was. And what? Just and see, I'm, that's disrespectful for mine. That is disrespectful. The kids had at least extended squad good. I'd have at to, least. Yeah, I'd have to see the list. Um, because Tom Stewart, Tom Schmuett. Uh, he's <laughs> easily been the best. He's, no, he's not. <laughs> he's half decent as a footballer, but that's it. Ridley, he's not. He can tie Ridley's shoelaces if he wants. <laughs> you are a parochial fan. I've, I, no, I, and no, I do look, love that about you. Listen. Bloody Rids is playing on Smalls. He's playing on bloody Talls. He's playing on Elliot. Gave him a bath. Um, he's playing on the Talls as well. Give them baths. Man's handing out bars of Palmolive like lollies to, to forwards. I in know, the, but in there's, the AFL. there's 17 other teams, mate. Who all have Don't very care. Good... <laughs> Don't care. We're getting ripped. The AFL hates us. I'm... and. I'm happy we've got three guys in it selected in the old Australian. Because I, th- I, I think all three. Oh, here could... it is. Here it is. Sorry. I've got it. Right. Here we go. Now, he's, you, here it is, right? Aaliyah, Aaliyah. He's had a half a decent season. One decent season, right? Yeah. Who the hell is Carl Amon? Oh, yeah. See, I don't care if he's a ruckman or if he's a small forward. Small forward. Ridley gets in before Carl Amon. <laughs> but he, you're saying, you're, have you watched. Who that is? I know, but that maybe is about you not watching other games. <laughs> There's a guy that makes coffees down the road from me called Carl. He might as well be him called Amon. Anyway. This Bond, is what I have to deal right. with, folks. Charlie Cameron, I suppose. Bailey Dale, get a haircut. Sean, see, Sean Darcy, man. Like, <sighs> Draper ran rings around that bloke. He's a monolith, short Dar- Sean Darcy. Don't know how he got on there. Buddy. Man, the guy plays three games in a season and gets in the All-Australian squad. Bailey Fritch, he went all right. Didn't mind him. Max Gorn, ugliest person in the world, but he gets in. Toby Green, grub. Tomahawk, maybe. Jacob Hopper, wow. you got to put someone in from GWS, I suppose. Rory Laird, <laughs> Hack, Lever. This is kind of I, this is this is me. Jared Lyons, every day with Greg. Not on, not on his best day. Jack McRae, oh, man. Hugh McCluggage, man. If Hugh McCluggage is in there, Andy McGrath should be in there. Um, <laughs> Harry McKay, Sun even shines on a dog's bum some years. Stephen May went okay. Zach Merritt, um, Gunn. I'm assuming Lever's in Miller. there. Apparently he did a, had a half-decent season. Callum Mills, mate, again, they've got to chuck somebody in from Sydney because no one cares. Tom Mitchell has the most useless 40 possessions in a game you're ever likely to see. David Mundy, really? David Mundy? Oh, he's had a he's fantastic year. Dirt. No, no, he's had a fantastic year. I, 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 halfway through the year, I actually had him as one of the Brownlow favourites. He's a hack. Nick Nat <laughs> goes okay. Oh, boy. Clayton Oliver. My poor son. No, Clayton Oliver just. Look, yeah, very good year. And yeah. they've got to pump up people to be. Tom Papley, <laughs> he kind of goes okay. Darcy Parrish, absolute champion. Luke Parker, the dude's older than dirt. I know, like, but he, it doesn't matter if he plays well. No, I mean, he, he, we gave him a bath too. Christian <laughs> Petrarca, yeah, look, all right, okay. Daniel Rich flavor. Daniel Rich in Brisbane. Oh, yeah, Man, yeah. Seriously, yeah. they've got to put names in from those bloody crappy northern <laughs> teams just so that people go, ooh, Brisbane, you got big names in Brisbane. So people turn up and watch them. Christian Salem, oh, man. Paul Seedsman, the seed again, gets 48 possessions and no effect. Jack Steele, apparently, apparently he went all right this year. Tom Stewart. 
right? Like, Jake Stringer, just this package. Sammy Walsh, yeah, goes okay. See, this, now you talk, Now I'm about to lose my brain, right? Jacob Wietering gets in before Todd Ridley. Yes. No. What? Yeah, Jacob's had a better he's year. Played, he's had a bad season in a busted rear-end club. <laughs> no, take the Carlton Hayd off. in a hack club. <laughs> he's a sensational player. Ridley, man, that's that's not okay. Ollie Wines, yeah, yeah, okay. And Dane Zorko, again, they dragged him out of a nursing home to play for Brisbane. I don't, I don't like it at all. I'm not happy with it. <laughs> he should be in for Weedering and he should be in for Alir Alir and maybe just behind Tom Stewart, maybe. Well, yes. Uh, I'm <laughs> not happy. Can I just say that this – And where's Jaden Laverde? When we Damn say it. we have a lunchtime catch-up, uh, in the city, and when we do, this is the conversation that I have to endure every bloody day. Uh, and where the hell is Jaden Laverde? That's a good point. I actually think hey. Laverde's been very good. Um, exactly correct. He's better than bloody Carl Amon. He's probably got Stephen May. Seriously, who does Carl Amon play for? Well, he's Port Adelaide, isn't he? Okay, smart ass. Um, nobody else knew that. Nobody knew that. Of course, they knew that. I did not know that. Nobody knew Carl Amon is the bloke that sold me um, my uh, um, my steak sandwich yesterday at my local cafe. He's a skillful high half forward. He kind of plays. He's, he's been a bit of just skillful half high, high half forward. Fantastic. His name like. is Langford. Anywho, moving on. Moving on. That was from the useless 2021 thing, except for <laughs> congratulations. Parish merit and the package. <laughs> Only three deserve their spot. According Only, to well, three deserve their spot. Maxi Gorn, I'll pick. And, um, uh, Ollie, Wines, okay. Ollie Wines actually might win the Brownlow, you know. Ollie Wines, he goes okay, and so does the Bont. Annoyingly, so does the Bont. But come on, man. Callum Mills, Mitchell, <laughs> and Mundy don't even deserve to have their names whispered anywhere near the 21. <laughs> it should be Laverde, Ridley, and... Waller. <laughs> Waller, right? Two, two Waller. Yes, Waller. He man, the man needed the it's, man needed a Pepto Bismol and a bit of a relax. It's decided over the season, not in the first two thirds. He had leather poisoning. That was <laughs> yeah. the problem with Waller, is that he had leather poisoning and that he was an Iron Man and played in six hundred and eighty three games in a row and he had leather poisoning. Well. That's why he needed a bit of a break. I can understand that. Anywho. Back to the game. This is like the weirdest review we've ever done for a game. And and do you know what? It's probably because we've, we've moved on from the regular season. Like, oh, yeah, we won by 38. I yeah, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, we won that well. Uh, so I guess let's talk about the final. We obviously talked Absolutely. about the, the matchups. Um, one, actually, one thing I will say, I, I saw a great reminder on Twitter during the week. And someone tweeted out, I think it was Basil, from, who used to be the old communications guy at the club, Basil. said, never forget this. And then I played the clip, and it was when we are one and three. We've lost to Sydney. It's in the changing rooms. And we've like, we've, we should have beaten Sydney by all rights, but we're playing really yep. good football. It's like everyone knows we're playing really good football, but we're one and three. And remember that video of Heppel going through each player in the changing room? 
and and pumping them up instead of putting them down, saying, hey, Peter Wright, that's it. You're doing it. Keep doing it. Keep building. Uh, Redmond, Red Dog, love you. Keep building, mate. It's going to get there, you know. And he went, you know, went for like five minutes, went through nearly every player in the whole club. Uh, and no heads down, guys. We're going to get – we're going to improve from here. We're going to get – and it was interesting. The guy – it was a good reminder also about a captain's role in in times where you could lose it. Uh, and it was – you know, I thought it was a really good tweet just saying this – just a healthy reminder to everyone. This is what the captain was when we are one and three and it was sort of mirroring the coach's thoughts as well. He didn't yep. drop the Cox. He didn't drop Perkins. He didn't drop Jones. Um, that did sound like no, a rude line. No, you're, Sorry, you, ne- you never want to drop the cox. I've always said that. I've always said it is much better if you don't drop the cox. That's what I've said. <laughs> why? Why? Um. Uh, so yes. Yeah, so, but yeah, both both coach and captain were aligned on messaging and selection table. He they didn't panic. They went, this is a system. Our goal this year, remember that the whole first six weeks or nine weeks, it was like, no, every, our goal is to improve each time we go on the ground. Yep, as long as we yep. improve, I'll be happy. We're not talking finals. We're not doing anything like that. We're just going to improve as a club. We're going to play the kids and get our game plan and our system going. But so by the end of the year, we think we can play some good football. <laughs> they nailed and it to a team. Have they timed that perfectly or what? <laughs> yes. So, yeah, to uh, to come home winning nine of the last 14 games, a great, great effort. Uh, a big shout-out to the whole of the Essendon Football Club. For, it's a big thing to make the finals, but to make the finals with a lot of respect and a lot of authority. Uh, it, 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 it's That's what I love about this one. It, it's... I think we can beat anyone on their day, and that's a weird statement yeah, yeah, to make. Yeah. Uh, yep. We're we're a very good team, and it's you know for years ahead, it's ex- so exciting to watch. And uh, and this is the thing is that I'm I'm sitting here in the annoyingly analytical side of my brain, just sits here and go, yeah, but yeah, but it's the dogs, and they're on like they're a good team, man. I'm looking at them v v Port and McRae. Smith, Caleb, Daniel, Trelaw, Dunkley, Libba, Bont. Annoyingly, that's a half-decent group of guys, right? Yeah. And it's just that Ollie Wines went ballistic and so did um, Boak in his – is it Boak that's retiring from Port? I don't know. I don't really care. Um, but um, both of those guys got 30s and McRae well, got yeah, 20s. Bulldogs are, that. Bulldogs are lost stoppages and clearances in three weeks in a row now. They're really struggling. In and area. I reckon it's going to come down to – the dogs are going to be fired up, right? Luke Beveridge will have probably inserted a size 12 well and truly into the entire club. Um, and they will come out with – they'll come out tough, right? And they're talented and they're tough. If we can do what we did with them to them when we played them last, and that was just stick with them. Yeah. We didn't allow ourselves to get down by 30 and then have to beat that midfield in the last quarter, we stuck with them. We got in front a little bit. We got pegged back a little bit. We got in front a little bit. We had a little bit of luck with some missed shots and bits and pieces. Um, But if we can, if that midfield can go out again with that not casual attitude, just fearless attitude and go up against that midfield, because I feel that, I mean, I I don't think it's it's a, a, a secret that, 
you keep that midfield quiet and that's the dogs. That's it. Yeah. Like they don't have the options that we have for they're, Langford to, yeah, to chime two, in. Yeah, the two bookends aren't, 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 aren't as strong. Um, no, absolutely So they, they rely on the ball movement and and, and I love the pressure, mids. man, because there was who's the who's the forward, the tall, mark, the high Norton? high leaping Norton? marking forward, Norton for the dogs. Yeah, Norton. Is it Norton? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I last time we played him, he he got a few runs at it because it's the dogs midfield. Um, but I do like the fact that we were pressuring the kicks and all of the kicks that went into that bloke had Laverde hanging off him and another guy coming up. Ridley, surprise, surprise. Um, all Australian should be coming across for the for the pound, right, or the smash. Yeah. So, I just like the fact that we've got the midfield to be able to match them now. And when you put Jakey, who man, he'll want to win for a start off against his former club. And then secondly, do you reckon Jakey will just be all excited if we win a final, mate? Like that. That's every result. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, mate. That's that'll be incredible for the boy. So. I'm really looking forward to the midfield matchup again. The the boys we've got should be holding their head well and truly high because we beat them last time. We beat that midfield hands down last time. Um, so yeah, I, I'm. It's exciting, isn't it? Oh man, it's hugely exciting. I say us by, us by, fourteen points. There you go. Well, I I did ask this uh, past player. I said, "Do you think we can win?" He goes. Not only do I think we win, I think we will win. So, wow! So uh, yeah, it's there's a bit of confidence around at the uh, the hangar at the moment. So, and for your for your official ins and outs, you would bring Langford in, and that's it. I it's hard for me to say. I, no, I, we pull the splinters out from your bum. I know. And tell but us. I don't know the intel to know. I I, I actually know Langford's only fifty fifty. By the way. I do know okay. that. I do know he's only 50-50. He's if ha- it's only 50-50, man, then he doesn't come in for mine. He has to, uh, he's going to get uh, he has to get an all clear that his tears healed. That's what I'm saying. They don't fully know yet. So I want I want but they I want a week of him running at full speed before he comes in. So you did a lot of running on the uh I believe on Sunday just quietly. So um I hope yes. he ran lots and lots and lots because lots and lots and lots. <laughs> yeah, say. good because mind you, you'd want to be uh, proving yourself pretty fit. You'd be going, "Hey, oh, yeah, yeah. just I'll see you in, uh, I'll see you in Wodonga. More, or I'll run up there. more than ten kilometers, by the way." So uh, okay, so yeah, so yeah, I, I if he's right to go and they give him the all clear, then yes, I, I have him as an in. Walla, I'm happy for him to be in if if he if we're mature enough to make the uh, full assessment that he's fine and ready to go. So. But that's about it for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think the the team's pretty solid, and I think they're operating really, really well. So that's us, mate. Uh, you thank can... you everybody for um, for for listening in, and thanks um, for all for the responses show. on the Sheeds episodes. By the way, you can we we obviously put out a main well, not I wouldn't say a main show, just a, a side fun project show uh, yep. on the best twenty two of of every player Sheedy coached. Well, when you were when you were dared to do something by uh, the great man himself, yes, you get challenged to do something by Sheeds, mate. You end up doing it. So that was that was awesome. So uh, thank you to all our Patreons, of course. Uh, you can catch us at the Lunch Catch Up on Twitter. It's my name uh, is Scooter McNeese on Twitter as well. You can catch us on Facebook. That that group's growing just crazy every day. It's just yep. Uh, 
Instagram, uh, you can see us on iTunes, all, all our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. They're all visible. So, yeah, and you can yep. see our YouTube channel. For those interested, the Best 22 conversation wasn't just audio. So we've actually uploaded the Zoom video of us talking to Sheeds on um, uh, our uh, rather average looking scones um, up on video on video so and, and we do apologize. We do know she's had a few internet connections, uh, which oh, made yeah, the audio. Yeah, yeah. So we do apologize for that. It's a little bit out of, out of control uh, with lockdown. We have to use zoom. Um, so like we, every other person on the planet is doing <laughs> at the same time. So that is what it is, but you can see that video um, and all the, uh, the wonderful PowerPoint graphics Grant created. Hey man, look, <laughs> It's professional. It was so professional. professional here at the uh, podcast. We do our own stunts and graphics. Yeah. So thank you to all your support. It's very, very much appreciated. Yep. Uh, for the Patreons, we'll do our team selection show Thursday. Sunday, 3.20, Launceston. Launceston, yes. So yes, baby. The current forecast is rain, so we'll see if that changes. Uh, but, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll – um, it's a bit and early. We still don't know. We still don't know GF, do we? Like we don't know where the grand final is going to be just yet. I think I didn't. They say it's most likely going to be Perth. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Perth. Okay. And I heard McGowan is sticking to his guns apparently and saying that no family, no anybody coming over, just the players mm. in a bubble to the ground, back to the bubble, home. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's we'll see. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone. Have an awesome week. Finals week begins. Finals week, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in it. Uh, enjoy the week. Uh, and and keep look after yourselves, everyone. And, and absolutely. And, and yeah, we're we're thinking of everyone uh, and all the audience that you know, it's a, a bit of a tough time, but we're thinking of you all. So that's us I'm signing off. I'm, I'm personally thinking of Todd Ridley. Um, uh, Jordan Ridley. Jordan, I love. I, I you love his Todd personal Ridley, friends call him Todd. I'm personally thinking about Jordan Ridley right now and his disgusting snub from the 2021 um, uh, All Australian team from Carl Amon or whatever the hell it is. Amon, yes. Um, Amon, yes. Yeah, so. I'm still thinking about the uh, me calling Daisy Williams Daisy Ridley. So that's uh, <laughs> that was interesting. That's yes. the worst thing I think I've ever done in my life um, <laughs> is tell Kevin Sheedy that Daisy Williams <laughs> is in fact the female superstar from Star Wars The Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it didn't go down well, <laughs> but it made right, me guys. laugh. Thank you very much for joining us. We will see you uh, for the Patreons on Thursday. Catch you.